Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Boomer, how you doing? I'm great, Greg. Danielle, how are you? Good morning. Doing great, Boomer. Thank you. Okay. Boomer, you guys you're... getting bored yet? <laughs> Not yet. We're fine. But you are brought to us this morning by Town Fair Tire and your New England Kubota tractor dealers. And I'm, I'll admit I was a little nervous maybe in that first quarter yesterday, but um, I wanted to get your thoughts on, on the offense and the play calling and why you think they were so pass-heavy in the first half. You know, I, it's, uh, it's interesting. I, I think Josh McDaniel goes into every game with a certain game plan against a, a – depending on who they're playing. And this week they were playing against a suspect pass defense. And, you know, they were coming off of a lackluster performance in the passing game last week against Buffalo. So – I think it's natural to go out and try to correct some of the things that you did the wrong the week before. Then the Minnesota Vikings are a perfect example of that and what they did yesterday against the New York Giants. They, they've they been frustrated in their passing game, so they're going to play the Giants and they're going to throw the ball against the Giants because they have one of the worst pass defenses in football. And Kirk Cousins put up great numbers and everybody's happy in Minnesota this morning. So I think the same could be said uh, for the New England Patriots. Uh, Washington has one of the worst pass uh, performance uh is in the league this year. Their secondary has been torched week in and week out. And I think that's one of the reasons why Josh opened it up that way. And that's why they got, uh, you know, that's why they did what they did early in the game. But, you know, what they did do as the game wore on is they decided to say, you know what, let's try to run the ball a little bit more effectively, exactly what Sony Michelle did yesterday. And then uh, the epitome of what a New England Patriot player is, is Brandon Bolden. He's a guy who doesn't touch the ball a lot. But when a guy is out, like, say, Rex Burkhead, and then all of a sudden you're asking, Another guy to come off the bench and just step right in seamlessly and make plays. Uh, you put a guy out there like Brandon. So uh, it's quintessential New England football. It's the way it works. It's why they're so successful. And that's why they never stop, uh, depending, no matter who's playing what position, on, on either side of the ball. Uh, and, and they win continuously against teams, especially subpar teams, much like Washington was yesterday. Well, they're 5-0, and but this is sports radio, so we have to find some sort of an issue. So what is, Boomer, what's your biggest issue with them or biggest concern with them? After, well, after I, I, it's got to be offensive line, right? I mean, I, I think this is something that everybody uh, recognizes up there, and Dante Scarnecchia is doing a hell of a job. And uh, Brady gets the ball out, and uh, last week was not great against a very good Bills defense, and you can see that they struggled in that regard. Yesterday, they may have struggled a little bit early. There was some pressure on Tom, uh, but it kind of settled down when they started running the football. But I, I think that's probably the one thing what, that you worry about, I mean, that has been uh, a, a constant since the starting, uh, start of the season, simply because of injuries. Uh, the other thing that you have to worry about is the kicking game now. Um, I think we've all taken for granted Stephen Goskowski and his greatness and how important he and Adam Benatari have been to the success of the Patriots over the years and how much uh, Bill Belichick relies on special teams and flipping the field and field position and kicking key field goals and you know making sure that you, know, you, you, you uh, force the other team to start on their own 25-yard line. So a lot of that stuff... Uh, worked itself out yesterday. It was kind of an ominous start for uh, Nugent missing his first extra point. Yeah. But uh, that, those are the things that would bother me. The things that don't bother me 
are how good their defense has been playing. Now, they've been playing against some also-ran offenses. I mean, their schedule has been a joke as to who they have played offensively, but they're doing everything that uh, I think is required for them to be a top defense. Uh, they're getting pressure on the opposing passer. They have a just a number of defensive backs. I mean, the defensive backs that they have on this team, they're all over the field. They're on the field on special teams. They're on the field on defense. And I still, th- I still say they are built – when when it, when it all comes down to what's going to happen here at the end of the season, they're built to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And even though even though Kansas City lost last night because they lost a time of possession battle against the Colts, uh, this secondary is built to stop that group of wide receivers that Kansas City can throw out there, especially when Tyree Kill gets healthy. Yeah, Boomer, I feel like Mike Nugent missed that extra point yesterday as sort of like a tribute or a hat tip to Steven Guskowski. <laughs> that may have been the case. I, you know, I don't think so, though. <laughs> this, this one's for you, Steve. I'm going to sh- right off the uprights. Uh, and it is really seemingly unfair that the Patriots have a three-game midseason preseason against, you know, Washington. That's not even a football team. I was there yesterday. It was just an embarrassing area and an embarrassing team. Um, but last week, Brady said something I thought was very curious. He said, when asked about involving the rookie wide receivers, he said they really can't do anything for him and he can't do anything for them. What do you think he meant by that? And do you think the team does try to go out and add talent at receiver? I, I think from Cincinnati, although I don't think Cincinnati will trade him, but um, I, I think what Tom is talking about is like, you know, this is the this is the season. The season started. Well, you know, we've put all the work in. We're trying to make this thing go. Uh, we don't have a lot of time. You know, guys have got to get there early. Guys got to look at tape. You know, he's trying to just probably verbally put a little pressure on some of the younger players to make sure they realize how important it is. You know, one of the one of the interesting things yesterday on the NFL Today, the postgame show, we had the the locker room of the Patriots and we heard Bill Belichick talking to his team. That team is just so used to winning. Is that like like everybody just standing there and they're just listening to the coach and the coach is all right, we got a short week, we're gonna see you. you know, we gotta play a game on Thursday essentially and uh good win today, way to come down here and take it to these guys and uh, congratulations, and then they move on. And then when you go to other locker rooms around the league and you see all the winning teams that won and how their coaches and players are reacting, it's like these these teams don't know how to react because they don't win as much as the Patriots do. So there's a very business-like, I think, mindset that goes through the Patriots organization, due in large part to the way that Coach Belichick handles things and the way that Tom Brady handles things. And when you're two unquestioned leaders, you know, act the way they act, everybody else has got to get into line. So... I just think that, you know, for them, they've caught a break uh, with some of these really bad teams that they've played, and they got another bad team coming up Thursday night, and then they have to play the Jets, and, uh, you know, after that. And the Jets will be a much better team than they saw the first time around. They should have their quarterback back by then. So, uh, you know, it's a long season, but I, I got to tell you, the, the Patriots are just playing just solid football, not spectacular on offense, and spectacular football on defense, and hopefully their kicker. Uh, will fill the shoes of one big uh, Stephen uh, Guskowski. Speaking of Belichick, Boomer, do you ever question when he still has the starters in in, in these blowouts? <laughs> uh, you know, like 345 left and Tom Brady's still out there? No, I don't. You know, as a matter of fact, you just won't put Jared Stidham out there to throw an interception. That's why. Uh, yeah. no, but that and, that and I, I just think, you know, this is not college. They don't have 80 guys on the sideline. You know, there's only so many guys and uh, – you know, they're, they're dealing with injuries at so many different places that the guys who start the game are going to be the guys who finish the game, assume, assuming they make it through there. But, you know, it's kind of like a little bit under the radar that goes on with the Patriots, and this happens every year. This is not just this year. Is the amount of young guys who do get to play because of injuries and how careful they are uh, not to rush guys back from injury. 
and and it always seems like they'll have one or two. I don't know. This time it's probably Jamie Collins. Uh, Kyle Van Noy has turned out to be a stud offense, a defensive uh, a player. You know, this this Vinovich kid is coming out of nowhere. I, I mean, they always have players like this, and they'll find you know uh, undrafted free agent, you know, uh, college defensive backs that are going to be playing special teams for them. So they're the master of that. But as long as you have Brady and Belichick at the top of this whole thing, you know, they're going to be in every single game, every single year. And that's why most of us in the national media look at this and we're just amazed. Boomer, regarding the topic of injury, so you look at Julian Edelman. He uh, he sustained the chest injury against the Jets two weeks ago. Last week against the Bills, not a great performance. He went four for seven on catches with a season-worst 30 yards. Of course, yesterday he improved. He went eight for nine, 110 yards in a TD. But how apt are these guys to play through a moderate injury, and what factors into that decision? I know you said, you know, the coaching staff doesn't want to rush them back, but when it comes to the, the actual player decision, what are they thinking there? Well, you know, Jules is a special player. You know, he is a guy that... Uh, uh, has probably had a chip on his shoulder since he got into the NFL because not many people other than the Patriots thought that he was going to turn out to be the player that he is. Um, he's, an, again, another, like, the epitome of, of the Patriots finding the right guy for the right role. And then that guy, you know, living up to the lofty expectations. And, you know, he's really close friends with Tom. And when you think about that friendship, uh, you think about wanting to be out on the field with him at at, at any cost. So, it doesn't or it didn't surprise me that Julian played last week and certainly yesterday he dropped one and that's probably the only thing he's thinking about today is the one that he dropped over the middle yesterday as opposed to the other great catches that he had and even I said this after they scored their first touchdown who's one of the best slot receivers that the NFL has ever seen it's Julian Edelman why the hell aren't the Redskins covering him I mean it doesn't make any sense to me makes too much sense I mean like that's the guy that they've been talking about all week and then all of a sudden Sunday comes and there he is wide open over the middle of the field for an easy touchdown pass. So uh, I, I give Julian credit. I give a, a lot of the players in the NFL each and every week, no matter what team they play on, because everybody is dealing with something, uh, Danielle, and everybody is, um, you know, everybody's got to just fight through it. And that's that's the sign of a winning team and a team that has a culture that the players want to be a part of. Boomer, last question for me. We'll call this one Pat's adjacent. Now, earlier you said that the Chiefs lost last night because they lost the time of possession battle. Do you feel like, the blueprint that was laid out by the Pats in the AFC Championship, which the Colts seemed to follow last night, which is grind it out, run the ball, stay on the field as long as possible, is going to be replicated every week now to try to slow the Chiefs down. Really the only competition the Pats have in the AFC. East. Well, they're going to try. Well, the, let me tell you, the Colts are going to be a good team. You know, the Colts are a good team. Now, yeah. I, you know, I'm biased because my college roommate is their head coach. So <laughs> I am biased, and he's a really bright coach. Remember, he was the offense coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles when they did upset the uh, the Patriots a couple years ago in, in the in the uh, Super Bowl. So he knows what he's doing, and he also knows how to spot weaknesses, much like Bill Belichick does. And obviously the weakness for the Kansas City Chiefs is their run defense. It's one of the reasons why, uh, as Chris Collinsworth pointed out aptly over and over and over again last night, uh, why they tried to change their defense, why they brought in a new defensive coordinator, new defensive scheme, why they got a, rid of a lot of their you know uh, name recognition players from previous years. And it's not working out right now. And the Colts ran, I think, 75 plays and had the ball for over 37 minutes. And that's how you play defense with your offense, especially with all the Colts' injuries on defense. So that was a pretty impressive performance. The other thing that helped, too, is I think uh, Patrick uh, hurt his ankle last night, and he didn't look great in the second half. He didn't look really stout as as he has uh, done so much, so much this year already. So 
That is definitely the formula. There's no question about that. But I also think when healthy, this Patriot defense is built to stop that offense. Remember, they didn't have Tyree Kill last night. So when he comes back, it will be a track meet once again. And those two teams will be on a collision course for the AFC Championship game. Uh, and that comes, uh, obviously, post the next time those two teams meet, which is in a few weeks here. Speaking of last night, uh, another couple brutal calls. Uh, are you? What do you think the NFL does, if anything, officiating-wise? I don't know if they can do anything. And you have to remember that, uh, and I think Bill Belichick is on the competition committee, so these coaches and general managers sit down in the offseason and they try to tell the officials how they want the game officiated. So they highlight a lot of different things that you know they think is uh, – is hurting the game from a coach's standpoint. So the officials are just doing what the coaches want them to do. That's that's the amazing thing here. We can blame the guys in you know the black and white stripes all we want, but when the competition committee says, "Hey, look at pass interference," we're going to you know potentially review it. Look at holding, especially offensive holding in the body uh, between the tackles. I mean, although you could probably call these penalties on every single play. And I'll tell you one thing: as a person who loves watching football, as opposed to analyzing it. I love doing that too, but just sitting home and watching a game, there is nothing worse than having a play happen. And then I'm looking at the bottom of the screen to see whether or not that yellow flag symbol is going to show up (laughs) that there's a flag. And then I got to sit there and play the waiting game. Was it defensive holding? Was it offensive pass interference? Was the offensive holding? And we ruined so many big plays. So I I don't necessarily know that they can do anything about it now. Uh, I would think that when we get to the playoffs, they'll let the teams play a little bit more like they usually do. And hopefully it'll be a much better experience for all of us. Any chance of a Giants upset Thursday night? No. No, no not at all. <laughs> all right. Not at all. Uh, I, I just think it would be, be shocking. Now, if you would have asked me last week, you know, the chances of the Colts upsetting the Chiefs, I probably would have given about a 25% chance. Uh, I, would give the, I would give the Giants a 5% or less chance here. Uh, the Giants' defense is just putrid, and I would think that the Patriots – will run all over them, much like uh, Dalvin Cook did yesterday. And I don't necessarily know it's going to be a lot of heavy lifting for Tom Brady, but uh, if they want to throw the ball, they could probably throw for 350 against this team as well. All right, Boomer, great to talk to you. And oh. we'll uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Always look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Bye. See you next Enjoy week. Boom. See you, Bye, guys. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.